Hey everyone, just popping in here to share some big news that the price of the Families Fly Free membership will be going back up on Thursday, May 9th at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. So as I had mentioned before, we reduced the price of Families Fly Free by hundreds of dollars at the beginning of 2024 to give everyone a chance to get in at this lower cost. But we are now having to bring that to an end, and we do officially have a date when the price will be going back up. And again, that is Thursday, May 9th at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific. So if you've been thinking about joining Families Fly Free, now is the time to do it. If you want to change the way your family is traveling, if you want to travel more and do it affordably, and if you want to use miles and points and travel rewards without it being a second job, learn a simple system to always be able to do this without a wallet full of cards, please come join us in Families Fly Free and do it before the price goes back up. You can learn more and sign up today at familiesflyfree.com slash join. Do you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel, but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015. And I want to show your family how to do it too. Hello and welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast. So glad to have everyone join me again this week. I hope you are having a great start to your summer. Um, I know many of you probably um, are out of school and headed out to travel. So um, hopefully you'll catch this one on your travels or on your way back. But I know we've got lots and lots of traveling that will be going on this summer, just as evidenced by what I'm reading that uh, TSA is experiencing and the number of people they're screening at airports and um, just the busyness that we are seeing in booking flights and um, all kinds of different destinations. So as you probably know, um, Disney is one of my favorite destinations, and um, there's some places that I want to go once and see and experience it um, and may check it off my bucket list, but there's others that I love to go back to time and time again, and Disney World and Disneyland are definitely two of those. And so because of that, and because um Lots of my listeners and readers and members, um, we have many people who love Disney as well. I do follow Disney news pretty closely. And over the last year, especially um, since the pandemic, really, um, the company has made a lot of changes. Um, and we've seen quite a few all of the sudden here recently. Um, so starting at the end of last year, we saw uh, the departure of um, Bob Chapek um, and the return of Bob Iger uh, to much fanfare um, from fans. Uh, they were glad to see the first Bob go and the second Bob return. Um, so and just as a side note, I highly recommend reading Bob Iger's bi autobiography called The Ride of a Lifetime. 
Um, if you are at all interested in Disney or, um, you know, are inspired by how people um, get to where they are, I love to read those kinds of stories as to what drove someone to success. And so this book really is is an interesting look at him and his career, of course, but also just the the Disney company overall from really from the time of Michael Eisner's reign. Um, as well as under Bob Iger, of course, which was a pivotal time when they acquired so many major companies like Lucasfilms and Pixar and Marvel and 20th Century Fox and sort of how he went, um, you know, going about doing that. So he talks about Steve Jobs and George Lucas and all kinds of different interesting characters um, in this book. So it's certainly an amazing career um, he has had and an amazing influence on, on this company. So I'm a book reader, so I'm recommending that one to you. Um, but today I thought we would just chat through some of the news that has come out here recently, and I would just share with you um, my thoughts on it as a longtime Disney fan who visits the parks at least once a year, or if not more. And um, I've already been twice in 2023, including um, last month where we did a family's fly free team retreat at Disney World. And we stayed at Old Key West and we spent a day in the parks. And then we had um, a team meeting for the day, which is a pretty amazing perk of working for families fly free. Um, and so we love to share behind the scenes. And um, every time I go, I learn something new, particularly about Genie Plus that I love to bring back uh, and share within the membership all of my my best Disney tips. So um, so let's start with um, some good changes. So uh, toward the end of 2022, um, Disney announced the removal of parking fees at their on-property resorts which was great news. Everyone, I think, was annoyed at yet another fee that Disney was adding on. So that's definitely is good news for those who drive into Disney, though. I will tell you, you actually will be probably likely able to fly for less than you could pay to drive to Disney under our systems. That's um, a mind shift that you might want to consider. Um, would it make more sense to fly if you could do it for free rather than try to drive there? And we did live in South Carolina for um, several years. And during that period, we would uh, make the drive. This was before I discovered uh, miles and points and flying for free, but we would make the six hour drive to Disney. So I know what it's like to drive there. Um and it's also helpful, of course, if you rent a car when you go to Disney World, um, which we used to do sometimes as well. But we really haven't rented a car at Disney in quite a long time because we really find that we rarely need to go anywhere um, of distance outside of Disney or Universal Studios and Uber or Lyft seem to take care of any needs we have to do that. And particularly since it's become so much easier to get groceries delivered to the hotels, that would be a reason why we would have a car so we could, um, you know, eat outside of the Disney resort to save and or bring in groceries. Um, and really kind of all of that has been solved with the likes of Instacart and, and DoorDash and everything. Um, and of course, Uber and Lyft. So 
Um, so that was a welcome change um, that started, I think the company headed headed back in a good direction. Um, the next up, um, they announced the return of annual passes. And that was something I was really looking forward to. I was hoping that this would return as I personally have been interested in, um, in trying to get an annual pass over the last couple of years. I've just been more interested in going more frequently, um, but I didn't, didn't have that option available to me. Um, so that was one of many reasons I uh, decided to join Disney Vacation Club was to hopefully get my hands on an annual pass that would be available to Disney Vacation Club members. And indeed, I was able to get one when they were released to DVC, that's uh, for Disney Vacation Club, to DVC members. Um, and I've already been able to use it in May. And what I really love about the annual pass is um, just that it relieves you from thinking you have to spend the entire day in a park because you paid for that park ticket. Rather, you can go in and out of a park at your leisure and spend as much or as little time as you want there. So, uh, for example, in May, after our team meeting, um, I didn't have a fl my flight didn't um, leave until later uh, that evening. And so because I had an annual pass, I was able to just pop over into Epcot in the morning when I got up and was ready to go ride Guardians of the Galaxy, go hang out in France um, in World Showcase, and then uh, take the Skyliner uh, back. And so I didn't feel bad that I was just there for a couple of hours. I was able to just pop in and out. So I really liked the freedom of being able to do that. And um, I hope to return this fall and a couple times early next year um, to use my pass and, and get the full value out of it. So as of this recording in June 2023, the Disney Incredipass, which is open to the general public, is still currently available for sale. It does say, you know, that there are limited numbers of passes and they could, you know, take these off of sale um, at any point as well. Um, and so at the moment, those are $1,399 per person. Um, that gives you access into all the parks for a year. You do have to make a park reservation reservation, um, though we'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, and so that was another reason why I wanted to grab an annual pass as well is in case I don't know if they're going to take them back off sale again, like we they weren't on sale for many years. And the only people who were able to get them were people who already had annual passes and were able to renew them. So while they were opening that up, I wanted to to grab it um, in case it were to go away. So another announcement um, is that uh, they um, have eliminated the park reservation requirement starting with January 9th, 2024. And they just on May 31st opened uh, bookings for 2024. Um, so I know a lot of people were unhappy about having to make their park reservation, which basically just meant when you bought your park ticket, you had to choose which park you were going to be in at the beginning of each day for the number of tickets you had. So if you had a two-day ticket, you needed to go on and reserve your spot at the first park you would be in for each day. Um, and those spots were limited in some capacity. We don't know how limited, we don't know what the numbers are, but we know they did limit them because they would sell out. So it could be possible that you wanted to go on a particular day and that park was sold out. You couldn't you couldn't get it at the beginning of the day. Now you can uh, park hop starting at 
2 p.m. Um, and so you don't need a park reservation if you're going to park hop. You can go to um, any of the parks if you have a park hopper ticket. Um, but I know a lot of people were frustrated with that. So I didn't have any, I, the park reservations didn't bother me. Um, in fact, I kind of liked the thought that there was some capping of crowds going on, even though we don't know exactly the number or how much. But um, I like the idea of some crowd control because I will say when we were there in Thanksgiving um, for 2022, things did get very crowded, particularly around one in the afternoon, so much so that it was difficult to navigate through the park, particularly at Magic Kingdom um, back in the Liberty Square area um, where it gets, it's kind of gets congested there anyway. We were there in Thanksgiving 2021 also, and we didn't see it at that point. Um, the crowds were manageable, but it got a little too crowded um, to my liking last year. That said, we still, with using Genie Plus, didn't have any trouble getting on the rides that we wanted. Um, it was just the, the volume of people. So it seems to me also that park reservations helps Disney better plan, like what should be open and available and how many cast members they need to have working. And it seems to me like if they know how many people will be in each park, they are able to create a better customer experience. Um, that's just my opinion. And they're going to do away with them beginning in 2024 anyway. But um, just to say that I didn't have an issue with park reservations. Um and it was difficult. There was a time where you had to have a park reservation and then you couldn't change it. Um, so that was frustrating. But then they made it so you could you could change your park reservation. And so as long as you could change it, um, I think that that is perfectly fine. And I know also that I don't want to make a reservation into a park and have it be so crowded Um that I can't do anything and have it be a waste of money. So I would rather them sell out the park um, and have me not go in and waste my money because I can't get on anything anyway. Um, and we did see some instances too earlier this year where Genie Plus actually sold out as well, which is interesting because we had never seen that happen. I think that was in, maybe over some of the holiday weekends in February. Um, and again, while that is frustrating, you also don't want to pay for Genie Plus and then have it not work for you at all. Like that would be frustrating too. So in a way, I think it's good that they cap it. Um, they know, you know, what volume um, they can manage and, and nothing beyond. Now, another big one that everyone was waiting for was the return of the dining plan. And it definitely was um, much debated as to whether that would actually return or not. And indeed, they have announced it will return also beginning with stays on um, January 9th, 2024, um, again, which has now opened for booking. So dining plans at Disney basically allow you to prepay for dining and snacks. Um, and they've announced for 2024, there'll be two options, um, packages that include the quick service dining plans, uh, which would be the um, non-sit-down restaurants at Disney, um, or the Disney dining plan, which would include more of those sit-down character type of meals as well. So we have never, ever gotten the dining plan. We have never been a fan of the dining plan. Um, we know because we go frequently 
on average, how much we spend to eat at Disney every day. We've calculated that time and time again. And so we knew if the dining plan would be a savings for us or not. And it has never worked out that it would be a better deal than what we are spending to eat at Disney. Now, we and historically have not done, we don't like the character dining. So we're not going to do any of that. We don't have little kids or anything that really want to sit down and see Mickey Mouse and Winnie the Pooh. We did do that at one point, but we're not anymore. Um, and we don't do a lot of sit down dining. We may do one or two over a trip, but we don't love that it takes so much time out of our day. Um, and in fact, the last time we ate at uh, Be Our Guest um, in Beast Castle and Magic Kingdom, I mean, it took so long that it went way past park closing and we ended up losing like three of our genie pluses that we'd had booked for after the meal uh, because they were running behind and getting us to sit down and the whole thing. Um, so it's expensive and it's time consuming. So we, we do try to limit it. So if you do a lot of sit down meals and you definitely want to do some character dining, it might work out for you that the Disney dining plan is a better option, but have an idea of what you usually spend or what you think you would spend um, eating out and do the math and see if you think it works for you. It might be simpler to not have to, um, you know, pull out your I guess all you have to do is really now share your magic band, which is not difficult, <laughs> you know, might be slightly simpler. It's kind of like being on a cruise and having everything be all inclusive, but you're probably ultimately going to end up spending more. Um, just make sure you do the math and understand if you will or you won't. And um, inside of Families Fly Free, inside the membership, we actually show you how it's possible to use miles and points to dine for free at Disney. Um if you want to use your points that way, which sounds crazy that that's even possible, but it really is. There is a way you can dine for free at Disney. Um, so you could actually opt to do that. Um, it'd be a different use of your miles and points. You'd have to work towards saving up for that, um, but 100% doable. Um, and we explain that in my how to do Disney free course inside the membership. Um, another thing that Disney has hinted at are some changes coming to Genie Plus. Yay! Um, so I have seemed to manage this very complicated system. Um, when we were there in May at our team retreat, my team was pretty amazed at how we just went from ride to ride with relative ease using Genie Plus last month, um, because I'm used to working the system and I know the ins and outs. And I even tried a different strategy when we were there than my family usually employs, and it worked great. So these are all things that we share inside of Families Fly Free as kind of extra bonus, more in-depth tips than you get on the podcast. Um, because this system, it does work if you can understand it, um, but it is so complicated, um, so unnecessarily complicated in my view that I just can't imagine that there's not a better way. Um, but we do have it mapped out for you inside the membership. We have strategy sheets that you can fill out ahead of time to kind of plan what you're going to do, which helps tremendously. You really do need to have a plan and you really have to understand how it works before you show up. Like if you show up and you don't know what you're doing, God help you. I feel terrible for people having to learn this, particularly if, you, if you've never been before and you're not used to even like a fast pass system or you're only going once and you have to do all this legwork to learn how it works just one time. We go all the time. And so it's, it's uh, useful for me to know how to do it. But um, I just really 
think there has to be an, an easier way uh, because like Universal Studios, um, as we're going to talk about next week on a podcast with member Katie Blumhorst, who saved $5,000 on a trip to Universal Studios using miles and points. So um, that's a little preview of that one, a little teaser. Uh, but Universal just gives you an express pass that puts you in a separate lane that gets you right on the ride. Uh, we're looking at Disneyland Paris, and they do the same thing. Same, you pay extra for an express pass, you're in a separate lane that gets you right in. So it seems to me like if it can work in these two places that they they surely to goodness can figure out a way um, to manage the crowds and make it work at Disney World and Disneyland. So all that to say, um, here is what Disney has said about Genie Plus and the hints of some changes coming. They said, we have heard from guests that they would like ways to plan with Genie Plus um, and individual lightning lane selections before the day of their park visit which is kind of what we give you with our strategy sheets. Um, so if you can't take any action until the day of. Um, and they said, we want you to know we are working on ways guests may do this for 2024. Our goal is to give you the opportunity to spend less time planning while you're in the park and more time enjoying your visit with friends and family. We are not able to share specific details. They will share more information at a later date. So that sounds promising, and hopefully they will make some positive changes um, in that regard. They have allowed you to modify your reservations, um, and they have made some improvements to it um, as we've gone along, but it's still a very confusing, complicated system. All right. Um, another, probably the most recent news that we have had for recording this podcast was that they announced the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is closing permanently. Um, I have never done this, so I can't give a fair review of it. I just know that it was not appealing to me. I enjoy Star Wars as much as the next person, and certainly um, uh, all the boys in my family absolutely love Star Wars. But um, the cost of this was astronomical, and I didn't like the idea of being enclosed in something for, I think it lasted for two days is the time span of it, um, which is, well, felt a little claustrophobic to me. I like outdoors and sunshine and fresh air. Um, so, and just from anecdotal reports, you know, I've heard some people who've done it that just thought it was so-so, and then I've heard other people who've gone and done it who've absolutely love it. And um, I was just watching the Rope Drop Radio guys. They were there at the end of May um, on one of the last last farewell adventures, I guess. Um, and they love it. And they showed um, all the different things going on. Um, and it strikes me kind of as like going on a cruise, um, like a land-based pretend cruise, if you will, I guess, into space. Um, that type of vibe of the entertainment and the games and um, the dining and the rooms, the, I guess the rooms are are pretty small as well. So, you know, our hope, and I've heard other people say this was, oh, maybe there was some way they could repurpose it and turn it into an actual hotel where you could leave and go in and out and go to the parks and everything, um, just like any other Disney hotel. Um, but but the word is that the rooms might be too small for that. But Disney's creative, so I'm sure they'll come up with some way to reuse this thing. It does sound like a really neat um, area that they have built here. And if it's done the way Disney does things, I'm sure it is amazing to see. So they are no longer taking bookings for that. 
Um, and the final run is set to be September 28th through 30th. Um, it does say you could continue to check in case like someone has canceled, um, but it seems unlikely there'll be uh, many remaining reservations for that. So that's too bad that that did not pan out. I'm sure that was an expensive ordeal, but I'm glad that Bob Iger, if it is not profitable and turned out just to not be something that the majority of people wanted, I'm glad they're closing it and using Disney resources elsewhere. And then a couple of last little fun ones. Um, the Hatbox Ghost, uh, which is a feature at the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. He's um, right before you're going outside. He's standing there holding his hat box. He's supposed to be coming to the Haunted Mansion in the Magic Kingdom um, sometime soon. So he was not there when we were there in May. And we do love the Haunted Mansion. That's definitely one of our favorite rides. So we would be super excited to see the Hatbox Ghost. That's a classic. Um, at Disney World. Um, and then Epcot continues to work on their renovation of World, their World Celebration neighborhood, which is at the front behind Spaceship Earth. That's supposed to be done late this year. Um, it's supposed to be a lush green space for guests to relax, a central location for festivals and gatherings, and it will also feature the new statue of Walt Disney called Walt the Dreamer. And then lastly, Tiana's Bayou Adventure, which is replacing Splash Mountain in the Magic Kingdom, um, is set to open in late 2024. So definitely work is going on um, over there on that, which you can see when you visit. And um, lastly, I just wanted to share my quick review of Tron. We did get to ride that when we were there in May. And so that was fun to be able to do that. I was really looking forward to that one. Um, overall, it's it's a neat, different creative ride. Um, the positioning you're in, like you're riding a bike, um, it reminds me of the position you're in on the Avatar ride over at Animal Kingdom. I did not love that because I didn't feel like I was secure in there. I'm sure I am secure in there. They wouldn't let me take off on a roller coaster ride otherwise, but it didn't, it made me uncomfortable. I wasn't certain that I was secure, like feeling something lock in. Um, so I thought that was a little bit awkward, the position that you're in for that. Um, and Overall, I love Guardians of the Galaxy, and I didn't think it was anywhere near as great as that. And it's pretty quick, uh, pretty fast. And another thing I didn't love about it was there was no backstory. Um, and I really don't know anything about Tron. I do remember seeing the original movie in the 80s, but I couldn't tell you a thing about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so it really needs some help with a backstory because I think most people are not familiar with Tron either. Um, maybe a select few, but I think that would really help sell the ride if there was some sort of story that you could get behind with it. Um, and they really do a good job of that on Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a story that's happening and that kind of propels you through the ride and keeps the ride, keeps the story going. So um, I, overall, I would give it a so-so review. I'm not dying to go back and ride it um, like I am Guardians of the Galaxy. We managed to ride that one, I think, three times when we were there in May, just over two days. Um, can't get enough of that one. I could ride that one over and over again. Just so fun, so innovative, and uh, the music with it, the whole thing is great. 
So I'm sure that just as soon as I finish this podcast, Disney will have some other breaking news that I just missed because that's about how it goes. But um, we will leave it at that recap for now. And um, overall, I think Disney's moving in the right direction toward offering things that longtime Disney fans have been asking for, that they want, um, things that will keep them coming back again and again. All right, all my Disney fans, thanks for listening and have a great week. If you're ready to fly your family free forever, I invite you to join my family's Fly Free membership. You'll learn how to stop paying for airfare throughout the U.S., Caribbean, and Europe so you can make those priceless family travel memories before your kids or even your grandkids leave home for good. And you'll learn it using my simple, proven formula that's helped hundreds of families. Plus, it's risk-free. You either get your investment in the membership back in free travel, or I give you your money back. You can get more information at familiesflyfree.com slash join.